Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. It's experts podcast time again, and as ever, if I could do this on myself, I probably would fail all over. But I've got the lovely Carmen Braywood. Hello, Carmen Braywood. <laughs> Hi, Nick Hayes. Good to be back. How are you? I'm very good. Sorry, that was the worst startup of a podcast. But you know what? I have got two professionals, two professional broadcasters on this podcast. And it's very exciting to welcome Olympia Kwiatkowski from 4BC in Brisbane. Welcome, Olympia. Thank you. It's great to be here. Doing it from your car, which every good broadcaster I can see has any moment at any time can jump onto a, a, a microphone, jump onto a, in front of a camera and can do her media. It really is just <laughs> the cone of silence, the car. Really underrated. I really recommend it. You know, if you just need to get away from everything and escape your barking dogs and any sort of person who could rock up at your door and ruin your recording, the car is the place you want to be. <laughs> I'm yeah, it's share true. My last, uh, of... last episode had that. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm going to share a little secret. One of my favourite places to do a client call is in the car because yeah. – the only distraction that you do end up having is the road in front of you, which is a fairly important distraction. But boy, oh boy, don't you get a lot done in the car. You really do. I do all my socials actually when I drive in my driveway after coming home from work. I'll sit in there for about like 10 minutes and just, you know, flick up all the, the post-show stuff and everything and deal with the social stuff and uh, make sure I've all got it up there. It's the best place to do things. Very productive. Beautiful. Now, Olympia, 4BC Weekends, talk us about the program. Talk to us about the program and how it comes together. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been really lucky for the last um, six months to have taken over doing Sunday breakfast on 4BC, which has been really great. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I started out at 4BC nearly 10 years ago, actually, as a producer and then started doing a bit of like, you know, roving reporting and all kinds of stuff like that. And um it's just been fantastic to have something really solid, you know, because I have had the opportunities to do a fill-in show here and there and um, did like a few days uh, a few years ago, just like an hour show that was popped up every day for Daylight Saving um, to make up for that, you know, the networked Sydney show difference there. But to have the last, um, you know, six months working on this, it's been really great and just, um, you know, like with local radio of course I always like to focus on all the local things that are happening shining a light on the local businesses that are popping up um, giving support to local charities and organizations and pretty much anyone who you know really needs a bit of a hand and really needs a bit of a, a leg up in a lot of aspects and giving them you know shining the light on it and getting people to listen and getting the people who want to you know to hear this thing that people want changed or whatever, get the get in the right ears. So I love having that opportunity to really focus on local. 
Olympia, how has your background as a producer helped you as you've shifted into the hosting role? Oh, I think it's been like really fantastic. Um, I actually think it's just the best the best way to go about it because you know um, you feel as though you know exactly what to, to ask the person you're having on um, to interview and to talk to and you can really just ha- you know have a bit of a chat with them beforehand if you want or tell the producer who's organising the show exactly how you want things to go. Um, I think it's really beneficial having that background of producing and then being um, a producer and just knowing all the ins and outs of everything. The transition from producer to presenter though um, there's a obviously behind the scenes role with a producer, but when you're the presenter and the show does depend on your voice and you bring it all together. Did you feel the, I guess the pressure, the, the, the sense of responsibility that comes with that when you did the transition? Yeah, I mean, I guess I did um, in a way. I kind of did take more of a hands-on approach though in, um, you know, sorting out all the content and everything for the show and, like obviously, you know, um, every producer does things differently as well and just sort of like sharing some of that, you know, just that knowledge of what to put, in, you know, on the page in front of the presenter, just make sure all those things there. But it's actually quite funny, Nick. It's quite funny just how many things go out the window from being a producer <laughs> to being a presenter. Like you can tell your host do this or do that and go from this and say this and segue into that. But once you're behind the microphone yourself, that just goes all out the window. And you you might know (laughs) these things and you know exactly what to do, you know, like do a forward promote here. When you're you're there and you're on air, it's just all gone. (laughs) That's what I like to say, Olympia, about um, anybody who's producing somebody else now that I teach people to speak on camera. And and it was the same back when I sort of transitioned myself from producing to being on air. You've got to have done it before. You really have to have done it before to appreciate what your your talent is going through, right? So if you're the person standing behind the camera barking a few orders of that person on camera, if you're the producer in the booth, um, I really love flipping it on its head and saying, hey, producers, why don't you have a go? at hosting a show for a while so you can really appreciate some of the nuances that a, that a host will go through because it's well, not always an easy gig. Has anything surprised you about it? Is it any uh, surprise? Yeah, has anything surprised you about what it's like when you're the host? I think the biggest thing is to make sure you listen to who you're talking to. I mean, you can have your questions that have been pre-prepared in front of you and you can know what you're going to say, but if your talent has already answered that question – don't, don't you're not gonna you're not gonna ask it again are you because they've already gone ahead and answered that in that question so I think that's been the biggest surprise is really just um being present and listening and being in the moment and not worrying about what's coming up next not worrying about what you're going to ask next just talking and listening and being in the moment I, I think that's the, one of the most crucial pieces of advice for all experts out there to to be in the moment of the interview and to be listening and understanding what is being said because, Olympia, I've been guilty of it myself. I've done it many times. Someone's just literally answered the very question I'm about to ask and I've gone and asked it anyway because in some ways our structured ways, the way that we go about it and the way that we try and put it up in our brain and mind to get it out, it just, 
we, we just lack the ability to do that. But we've got to be in the moment. The most powerful, the most powerful sense that you'll have in any interview is your ears. Listen to the question. Be in the moment. Exactly. That's it. And you know, it's um it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you'll get talent on and they'll be like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm nervous or whatever and tell me what you're gonna ask me, they'll say. And you'll be like, No, I never do that because if you give someone, if you give a talent who's coming on to interview, if you give them a list of what you're gonna ask them or whatever, I guarantee you, you will get them on, you'll ask them the first question, they will go through and they will answer every single thing without you even asking them. So what I say now is no, we're just going to have a chat. It's just a fun chat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when I do my media training and stuff as well, all I say to the, the, the client is no one can tell your story better than you. Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. That's, That's really a good really point. good cue. Yeah. Mm. So, Carms, with that, I think, you know, as a broadcaster as well, I mean, I think living in that moment, and I know that people do, and you're both trainers, as am I, it, it, it is getting people out of that scripted monologue thing that they have in their head that they, they feel they've just got to get out to be, be present in the moment. And I think mm. that's when you have the most fun with it because it's not that built-up pressure cooker sort of situation. It's now a ch- just a conversation. It's just, as Olympia said, just a chat. Yeah, that's a nice, I really do agree with you there, Olympia. It's a nice cue for people. So we are just going to have a chat and allow people to lose the connection to perfection, but also the outcome. We go into these things sometimes thinking, I really want to achieve this, this and this from it, Which, when what you're forgetting is that you're a part of a, a bigger puzzle, a bigger piece, and, and that is the radio show that you're there to contribute to. So maybe we, you can get a bit, bit of insight for us here, Olympia, into what you're looking for at 4BC. If we do come in as a contributor to Weekend Breakfast, there to your Sunday slot, what kind of guest are you looking for? What kind of stories are you looking for? How do you like to entertain your audience? Yeah, well, I think on, you know, a Sunday morning and, you know, at six o'clock so early in the morning as well, um, you know, you really, it's kind of the first real spot that people are going to have a chance to hear the news of the day. So, of course, you know, go go to the front page of the, you know, the Sunday Mail, the Courier Mail and talk about those news stories of the day so everyone can, you know, be up to date with what's happening and what is the the um yeah the new the news of the day but then you know move on to there's more of those I always like to keep something in there I call it like a Sunday slowdown um where I like focus mm-hmm. on a local a local company or a, a new business that's just doing something a little bit different um for example I had like a late a lady on who owns a chicken cafe and you can go there and adopt chickens and there's chickens there and uh you know just any of like your local <laughs> farm Farmgate trail places where you can go and have a hands-on sort of like farm experience, have lunch as well, you know, that kind, that kind of stuff. I always like to like make it a little bit more on the lighter side. But the biggest thing for me is with anything um, like any show, I just like the local the local element to it all. I think, do you, are you talking about a, a chicken shop that you can actually go and choose the chicken that you're about to eat? No, I'm talking about live chickens you can go and play with. <laughs> Uh, I, don't know. I thought I thought yeah, it was like the Chinese yeah. restaurant where you pick the you pick the seafood oh. that you want and have it cooked up and ready to go. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, no, not not one of these ones. This was more of a sort of play with the chickens type situation and have some <laughs> coffee and 
cake and tea whilst you play with the chickens and the chickens cluck around you? Yeah, that that one, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Olympia, you do a lot of emceeing around the around Brisbane, around uh, Queensland. Um, does your your media position allow for you to do get more gigs like that, or are you finding that it's a, it's 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 a passion of yours that has just come from your media career? Yeah. Well, I was. I just found myself when I was producing being asked by a lot of people to MC things. And that was like in 2019. Um, and towards the end of 2019, I kind of got like asked to do quite a lot of, um, a, a lot of bigger, a bigger, bigger clients. Like I did the, um, the Queensland premieres, two premiere screenings of Ride Like a Girl and did a and a with Rachel Griffiths and Michelle Payne, which was fantastic. And then there was another event or two around about that same time and then came the merger with the two network um, stations that took over and they basically, the, the show I was producing, which was the only show on 4BC at the time, they got rid of that and decided to network the whole station. So I really found myself, um, you know, with, with nothing to do. So I thought to myself, well, I might just get stuck into this emceeing stuff because I've had so many people come to me where I haven't actually put it out at all. So I quickly set about, you know, putting my Facebook page together. I did my own little website myself um, and it was great. Things were going really, really good. And then I had like a whole bunch of stuff booked in for 2020 and then COVID came along. Bloody COVID. A few months later and mm. pretty much everything I'd booked was cancelled. So it was kind of an interesting, you know, f- false start there, but it, it has been great, um, particularly like the last year. And this this year, the last... The last few months, I've, I've had like several things on a week, which has been fantastic. Um, so yeah, look, I do think that it does in a way, but um, then again, like I think it's just word of mouth. I don't necessarily think a lot of people who book me or companies book me have any really thing to do with the fact that I'm on the radio. Um, they just know that I've done a good job and that kind of thing, and you know news travels and you put as much info and little video clips that you can of you and that kind of stuff. So I think that's, of course, I think it's a good thing, but I don't necessarily think it's the biggest thing that's grown it. I think that story that you share of pulling together your own social media and putting the word out there the way you did is very relatable to a lot of our audience who would be sole traders, they'd be small business operators, or they would be heads of medium operations where they haven't necessarily got a big budget to pay for that that content support. You know, there's there's a lot you can do yourself just by telling the world that you do something. And and did you find your referrals came from from strangers on the internet or do you think it was more maybe your friends and family sort of getting ahead around what you do now and sharing the word? Yeah, no, definitely not friends and family uh, mm. by any means. I think a lot of, um, well, even just last week, like I did a citizenship ceremony for the Logan Council and they, I, I asked them, I said, how did you find out about me? And they said, oh, you were referred by um, someone who had a friend at Ipswich Council who you did stuff for during COVID times. So I thought that was really great. But no, I haven't had um, any sort of friends or family type things at all. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I am quite interested to find out how people do find out about me. I do find that word of mouth and previous things um, within similar organisations have been the biggest um, repeat bookings. 
Olympia, you've got the you've sort of got the Olympic name. It's a it's the it's not even just the <laughs> Olympia stuff. It's the Kwiatkowski as well. It's yeah. it's a name that you can't really forget. But I want to ask you a question around some of the presenters that you worked with. And I remember I used to be a regular on your program with Walter Williams, um, and yes. that, was that the nighttime program. But what's it? What what are the egos like in media now that you know you're a presenter yourself? What are the what have been your experience with egos? Just to give a bit of an insight to the listeners to what are we really working with here? Yeah, look, I think um, I think a lot of people have their stereotypical styles in radio, um, and I like if I think if you're pitching or you know looking to get on to um, a show, you really need to kind of like do your research and know exactly who you're pitching to, not just like only their style, but the type of audience they attract as well, of course. Um, you know, we hear stories probably not so much lately in the news about, you know, particular big egos in radio. I know there's a few stories <laughs> doing the rounds um, a few years ago, that's for sure. Um, work, Yeah, like, I mean, working within it, I think, you know, you just don't, you're there, you've got this privilege and you're in this position of power where you're speaking to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on the radio. Of course, you're going to have some sort of, I, you know, idea and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a lot of people think they're a powerful voice and powerful person. Um, mm. I've dealt with some very big egos. I'm not directly though, but I have seen it and it's quite funny. <laughs> the more, the more and more I think about it actually. Uh, but look, I do think that generally, as a whole, it is getting somewhat better. That's a nice way to put it, there, Olympia. Hmm. Well, it is a way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree. I think that there's less and less appetite for it from management. Let's put it that way. <laughs> less and less appetite for dealing with the devil, you know, kind of attitude. Yeah, exactly- that that used to be yeah. the way forward. Yeah. Hmm. But you, you both have worked in the environment there where it, it, it is a fairly cutthroat industry. It's, a, it's fast, it's, it's, it's active, everything's going on. But, I mean, from a producer and a presenter's role, which both you've played, I think um, probably Calms, you've played more of the presenter role. But, you know, what, what is it that you're looking for? What is it? What's that part um, of the business that you love or enjoy? What, why do you do what you do? I, um, I really love the fact that I work at a station that's predominantly male voices and is predominantly an older demographic of audience. And I love the fact that I'm there as the, probably the youngest person who's on air, um, being in my late 30s, and just having that sort of you know, air of freshness about me and um, a different personality to the other um, lineup that's on the station. I mean, I mm. think, you know, it is a lot of, like, you can pretty much look at across the board, we have so many male radio presenters, but I do really feel as though since the, um, you know, Nine Network have taken over and I have been given this opportunity, that I, I feel as though it's a great um, building um, you know, building ground for female talent. I think there needs to be more of it. 
Yeah, talkback and, and in particular and, and radio in general, but talkback in particular is still my favourite thing. I'm with you, Olympia. There's, the, you know, I'm, I'm not working in it right now and that's fine and I, I just don't feel like my, my relationship with radio is over though because it's so much better than TV and it's I feel bad saying this because my key gig uh, is on TV in the media right now, but you can achieve so much greater a level of immediacy, intimacy and connection with radio than you can hope to with the very highly produced and high overhead world of television. You know, there's just something really special about the live and dangerous, very adaptable, very fast flowing, you know, it, uh, the, the people, the, the personalities that it attracts, like the listeners are much a part of the entertainment as we are as the as the hosts and as the produce, producers are part of the entertainment. You know, some of my first jobs 23 years ago, we're approaching now at 6PR, where as a producer and my dad as a listener got this cool kick out of hearing Bob Mormel say come and call Geraldton and find out if the craze are running you know like that was cool to my father who is a listener of that station because the producer had become a character on the show you know and that's what I love about it you just get this sense don't you yeah and I and I love that too as a producer you know especially on nights um you'd have so many Mm. people who they would just the radio they TV wouldn't be a thing for them and you'd just become so accustomed to speaking to everyone and spending some time with them, you know, whether it was like a minute you could spend with them on the phone, getting them on to talk and give their, their opinion or their feedback or anything like that. The, you know, talk radio, it's just, it's the immediacy of, immediacy of it and it's just a, a medium that I absolutely love and I love talking to people and interacting and, you know, even even now from, you know, when I was producing back then, which is like 24, 14 um there are still people who are ring, who ring up now on a regular callers and now I get to speak to them mm. on air and it's fantastic and I've been brought up listening to talk back radio and I had an absolute like fangirl moment about six months mm-hmm. ago when Greg Carey who was like the the guy to listen to it was on 4BC for all those years and I grew up listening to him and everyone loved him in my family and he came in to fill in um on afternoons and I saw him and he knew everything about me. He had listened to my Aww. show and what a yeah. great job I was doing. And I started like getting all teary and I had like a fangirl moment because here's, here's this man who I've listened to and has been in my house and in my car, you know, as a younger, I'm getting teary now talking about it, to have mm. him have an interest in me and has been just so supportive of me and just the, the nicest compliments and feedback to me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like wild. That is, you know what, and you can hear it in your voice, Olympia. You can just hear it, the the, the passion and the energy that you have for the job mm. and, and, and for the experiences that you get to have. And I think sometimes we we underestimate how important it is for the, the presenter and the producer to have some real skin in the game here, to really give yeah. everything mm. that they have. And I, and I just heard that then. That was just beautiful. Olympia, you do some I media agree. training. Yeah. You do some media training and you're you're up and about. What what what's your message to anyone that you're working with? What what are some of the key messages that you try to instill in them before they finish the session to, to make them a better performer in front of the media? Yeah, I think I, I um touched on it before. The biggest thing that I tell anyone is just no one can tell your story better than you can. You do. Um and just like with 
you know, whether you're, let's say, a, um, you know, a grassroots soccer team who want to, you know, who want to raise some money to build a clubhouse or whether you're a CEO of a, you know, company who's got a new product out that's being made in, in, in Brisbane, whatever it is, you've got a story. Everyone has a story to tell and you want to get those stories out there and you want to use radio as your first point of call to get it, your story and your message out there. And when it comes to talking to people as well, like a lot of times I'll find, you know, if someone does have a story, I'll say, oh, I want to talk to you about it. They'll be like, oh, no, 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 I'll get you my marketing person. I'll get my marketing person mm-hmm. to speak to you. It's like, no, don't want to speak to your marketing person. I want to hear it from you. People want to hear it from you. They don't want to hear someone else rehashing the story. They want to hear your story and we're going to have a chat and it's just going to be a chat. And that's the big, that's really the biggest thing that I can, I can tell people when, um, when I train them and tell them what to do. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, I love that. that. <laughs> Great advice. And that is that temptation is real. Um, I work with a lot of small businesses who'll say to me, oh, can you as a presenter come in and we pay you to do our videos, to present our videos and to present and take our radio interviews and all the rest? I said, no. (laughs) Well, you can. Oh, I'll charge you a lot if you want me to. That's fine, but it's not as good. I've had people hire actors instead of doing their own stuff and it just never, ever, ever is as good as you taking the time to learn how, is it? 100%. 100%. That's it. I think that's really interesting for a lot of people that will be listening here today is that, you know, they sometimes think that it's not them or that I'm not that interesting or um, I've got someone else that's better at telling this story. But I, I love this message that you have sent to us today, Olympia, is that no one will tell a better story than you and, and it is your story. So you've got to own your story, people. Own your story mm-hmm. and if you own it and tell it well... It's going to be delivered so it's going to be delivered better than any form of documentation or any other way that you think that you're amplifying what you're out there to do. You've just got to get that storytelling side right. And Carms, you do that with all of your people, don't you? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It is. And sometimes we don't realise how good our story is and we might be burying the lead way down at the back. So sometimes it takes a bit of an extended interview process and then we go, oh, yeah, this is actually the big thing you should start talking about first. Uh, Olympia, I'm speaking of, I'm diving through your bio now and noticing I, I, I love good media stories. I love hearing these interesting things that people have done with their careers. Have you flown in the, the traffic chopper and had to do a TV cross at the same time? Tell oh, us yeah, about that. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah. Uh, well, I was um, after the after the first um, merger with 4BC back in like 2015, um, I then went to work for the Australian Traffic Network doing traffic reports. And then after being there for about a year, I started doing, oh, maybe not even that long, maybe um, doing the Today Show for in the mornings and also the afternoon news every so often. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun flying around for uh, two hours every morning. Yep. Cause two not, hours you know, in the morning? Yeah, it's two hours in the morning, and if you did the afternoon, it was about forty-five minutes flying. Um, but it's yeah. not just you're not just up doing the reports for TV. You're also got like a little iPad, and you're recording um, radio reports for about like eight, nine different stations at the same time. So it's a lot of stuff happening up there. I, and and Olympia, tell me how this is done because I've heard your voice in Perth, Western Australia, and I know that you're up in Queensland. Mm. How are you doing traffic yeah. reports from Queensland? And telling yeah. it like you're 
almost around the corner from me. Well, yes, <laughs> I used to do quite a lot of different suburbs and areas and uh, states. So <laughs> I did do the reports for 6PR um, from Queensland. You know, it's just the power of a whole bunch of um, top secret intel that I would get to be able to give those uh, reports. But one thing I did get called um, about was one of the first times I did a report, um, someone from the 6PR News tracked me down and said, um, you're calling it Cockburn, but it's Coburn. <laughs> Belfort, yes, did you? Yes. <laughs> Would you put a C and a K in there if you're not going to pronounce it? Oh, Coburn Central. Olympia, Olympia, you and I both, when I first moved to Perth, it's brutal. there was an arsenic spill at Coburn Sound. At Coburn Sound. <laughs> I didn't say Coburn. I said Cockburn. Well, what would it It goes both ways, I know. Yeah, it is a danger. And, and with suburb or. names. Yeah, you got to be yeah. careful. It's a scary one. And I think Coburn is the reason why I'm the hyper vigilante on local pronunciations. My first job when I would move into any East Coast, I'm a Perth girl born and bred, but when I would move into any East Coast job, including the Gold Coast, not far from where you are now, I would recruit a local, whether it was my new flatmate or person yeah. I met at the pub on the weekend. I'd be like, can you take me for a drive and just say every street name, every suburb name that we see on a sign so that I know I'm saying it right when I say it in my news bulletins because yeah. I don't want that local who hears me and goes, oh, um, Cockburn. Because I, I hate that. I hate that too. Yeah. There we go. You yeah. Learn. I know it. Yeah. No, you do. Got, I did the, the fatal error of calling it the Goldie when I moved there. <laughs> we've got to wind this up. We've got to wind it up. And uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on, Olympia, because I think the one thing that I really wanted to get an insight from you was not only what you see and what you're hoping for, for the stories for your program, but how an expert or a commentator or someone that's looking to engage media can do it. And I think that that real key, that, that key story of telling your story, no one can tell it better than you, really does mm. resonate and it will resonate with a lot of experts. Now, um, Olympia, I'm going to assume, even though you're very busy on Sunday mornings, that you're still doing media training, that you're still doing the MC work. How do people get in contact with you? Well, you can jump onto my LinkedIn, which seems to be the best way to contact me. It's just Olympia Kwiatkowski, MC. Um, you can also jump on my website as well, which is uh, olympiakwiatkowski.com.au or just find me on any of the socials and flick through a, a message. I'm usually pretty active on there and always checking them. But, yeah, it's, it's nice to be busy, Nick. I really enjoy it and um, I'm really hoping in a few months' time um, to really sort of get stuck into some more media training. And offering more time. And can I warn all listeners, Olympia and Calms, that uh, I did jump onto LinkedIn just only last week and Olympia did put up a recording of her own singing uh, on, a, oh. on the Sunday breakfast program and she claimed that she put a disclaimer on it, listen at your own risk, but I, I'm <laughs> still suffering from that. I'm still getting over that. Oh. Uh, can you... Can you believe I used to be in a band years ago? Oh, <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> they, you did, they didn't have all the right equipment in the studio there for you. That's that's the reason. <laughs> all right. Hey, great to have your company here, Olympia. Great. Uh, another good one, Calms. 
Yeah, absolutely. So much great insight there from Olympia. It just is invaluable, isn't it? The things we can learn from the people who are making these shows day in, day out about what it takes to pitch successfully to media and get that engagement. Beautiful work. And on that note, we're going to say goodbye and we look forward to having your company when we speak to another expert or another media next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.